Now, once again, with today's Carolina Newsmakers, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers with our guest, the treasurer of the state of North Carolina, Dale Falwell, who's been with us a number of times. He was a four-term member of the North Carolina House, uh, including two years as Speaker Pro Tem. And then he uh, then went to the uh, uh, become the Assistant Secretary of Commerce, which handled the Employment Security Commission, uh, and uh, which was in a mess when he took it over, and he brought that out. And then he, of course, became the 28th Treasurer of the state of North Carolina. Uh, now, we, we said we were going to talk about the Highway Trust Fund. The word trust is sort of a, an interesting word because the Highway Trust Fund has not always been very trusty. Well, you're exactly right. And uh, I believe, uh, if my memory is correct, that uh, when I was sworn into office, the Highway Trust Fund of North Carolina had $1.65 billion in it. And within 14 months, not only had the North Carolina Department of Transportation overspent their budget by, in our estimation, almost $2 billion, in the state alters estimation about at least $800 million, and then on top of that overspending, they eviscerated the Highway Trust Fund and brought it down to $100 million. So uh, I've been working with Secretary Boyette, uh, who reports to the governor, uh, to try to get uh, good governance, competency, and transparency in not only the Highway Trust Fund, but uh, the DOT in general. I think your listeners are getting pretty tired of riding down a road that's getting repaired and they just have good memories and just remember two years ago, they were riding down the same road for the same repairs. Uh, we have to get more out of our DOT dollars, uh, and uh, and especially as it relates to to the gasoline tax and and the highway trust fund. And let's also talk about uh, as we tr- I always try to talk about in every one of my segments, Don. Uh, let's not talk about the people who are driving the Lexuses. I have an old Lexus. You have an old Lexus. Uh, well, let's talk about the people who work in one, two, and three jobs. Uh, you know, they deserve good highways and they deserve efficient highways because every every minute wasted on a highway is means a lot to them marginally, you know, from an income standpoint. And uh, the reason that I sound the, the alarm on the DOT is that I think that the taxpayers, the road vendors, the people actually do the road construction, uh, as well as the uh, the road users uh, deserve a, a solvent, sustainable uh, DOT. So that's just some of the uh, issues that we have found at the North Carolina Department of Transportation over the last uh, few years. And part of that was manifested in in the fact that the Highway Trust Fund was eviscerated. And uh, so it had not really been touched for 16 years. So let's talk. That's 9-11. That's the great financial crisis. And then all of a sudden for the whole fund to be eviscerated is something that was deeply concerning to me. But. Secretary Boyette's putting more money back into the Highway Trust Fund, and I, I applaud his and his team's effort for doing that. Well, I understand that uh, things have changed dramatically and changed for the better. Is that your assessment also? It is. And, you know, when I first sounded the alarm on the DOT, uh, nobody believed me. Uh, obviously, the governor didn't believe me. The uh, Some of the lead people in the General Assembly didn't believe me. And sometimes people just say, well, treasure, why do you believe that? And I said, because they're writing checks they can't cash. There's not, there's, the money's not there. They don't know who they owe. Uh, 
their definition of a payable is a lot different than Curtis Media's definition of a payable or the treasurer's office definition of a payable. A payable is what you owe somebody, not whether you have the ability to pay, but what you owe. And but uh, finally, I kept uh, sounding this alarm. It got, kept getting worse and worse and worse. I called for the uh, governor to fire his secretary of transportation, uh, which is, I believe, probably the most coveted cabinet position that a governor has next to some other important cabinet positions. Uh, and ultimately that happened. And then the uh, chief financial officer, because of some of the financial things that we were seeing at the DOT, and eventually that happened. And, and then the chief operating officer. So uh, uh, I applaud the governor for uh, understanding that this, these, uh, getting rid of these people for me was not emotional or political. It was, it was mathematical. We were basically on an unsustainable course. And the DOT has actually maxed out its credit card for the last 10 years, even though the state debt's falling 60%, the DOT debt's uh, credit card is pretty much maxed out. So uh, this is all horrific uh, when we're dealing with higher interest rates and, and higher construction costs. So it puts all these problems, uh, makes them harder to solve. Another job that you have is the uh, government uh local government commission and uh now is it we've got uh, school bond issues in uh, a number of counties guilford durham union watauga or four that come to mind maybe there's some more uh now that what uh will the rate of interest come into play here uh when they're borrowing money now will they be borrowing it at what rate and what is that rate based on well, it's based on what the market will, will it be willing to sell long-term tax-free bonds to these uh, school districts. Uh, you know, we're still looking, <clears throat> depending on what your bond rating is, we're still looking at a tax-free rate of somewhere between two and three quarters and and uh, <clears throat> and, and three and a half percent for, for tax-free paper. Uh, that's very important uh, because uh, any interest, any dollar of interest that's inefficiently spent on a school bond uh, because of a higher interest rate is a is a is a is a dollar that can never be spent on a water fountain or uh, a light bulb in a school. So uh, these higher interest rates are not good. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, uh, talk recently about the Guilford County school bond referendum. We we did not vote on that initially because of questions I had. And I think no matter what political party you're a member of in Guilford County and you know, I'm a Robbins, a Reddick, a Falwell, and a, and a Scott from Guilford County, all four sides. Uh, I don't care what political party you're a member of. You you like people who are willing to, to ask the right questions and, and move forward. So as far as the school bonds are concerned, uh, we, we get very cons uh, very concerned about uh, about interest rates. And um, and that's why we asked all the tough questions about Guilford County. And let me just say something about the Guilford County bonds. Uh, Skip Austin, Chair Austin, you know him, I believe. Uh, he was at the LGC meeting a couple of weeks ago. And he uh, I've asked him a question. Isn't this massive $1.7 billion of school bonds the result of uh, deferred maintenance and things that you should have done in the last 28 years? He basically said yes. And I said, we gave you Guilford County nearly $300 million a couple of years ago 
how much of that's been put on the street? Uh, just a small percentage. And what are the cost overruns on that? 50%. So, you know, if you put $300 million, give them $300 million a couple of years ago, they've only put a fraction of that on the street. And then the cost overruns are massive. Just think what's going to happen with $1.7 billion. And then on top of that, this was uh, fairly, uh, uh, more firmly uh, uh, was important uh, because they kept talking about how they're going to pay for this. So, Don, I hope your listeners are still with me. On the same day this year, the voters of Guilford County voted down the sales tax increase that was going to be partially used to pay for the school bonds that they voted up. So they voted down the funding, but voted up the issuance of the debt. Uh, you know, very passive aggressive there as far as the voters are concerned. And so that resulted in them having to raise uh, property taxes, but they called it rate neutral. I think your listeners are going to be appalled when they hear, you know, rate neutral means nothing. The fact is, are you paying more out every year for property taxes for the same house that you live in? Yes or no? And we found out through more investigation that even though the rate was neutral, they went up on the value of the house, which for some people resulted in almost an 18% of property tax increase. That is very uh, problematic for me. I think that uh, for some of our citizens in Guilford County and all across the state, uh, I don't know what their income tax situation is, but probably the two biggest taxes they pay are the property tax and sales tax. And, you know, my other uh, concerning part is that I am always in favor of putting especially elderly people in a position where they can stay in their homes as long as possible. Uh, I think that's good for their health. I think it's good for their families. And I think it's good for our society, especially with the cost of nursing home being what it is. So anytime you go up on somebody's property taxes, you put them a little less, they're a little less able to do what I've just set out as a, what I think is a, a good goal. Well, you're absolutely right. There's two uh, factors involved in how much property tax you pay. One is the evaluation of the property and the other is the rate. And uh, if either goes up, you've ha had an increase. If both go up, you've had a double increase. Five after five. Yeah, so. that's exact, that's exactly right. And I'm sorry for the delay. Uh, and uh, as I said earlier, this is a definitely a uh, impact on lower and fixed income people. So uh, this, uh, I, I want to get away from the bond issues right now and move over to the state bond rating, because uh, right now we don't uh, we have a very favorable bond rating. Uh, what is that uh, rating, and, and are we likely to be able to maintain our bond rating? Uh, our bond rating is uh, is AAA, uh, and it's called Triple AAA. So it's Fitch's, Standard Poor's, and Moody's. Uh, but once again, the, I'm reporting to your uh, listeners that the state debt is going to be falling 60%. Uh, we're not in the bond market borrowing more money where this rate is uh, a rating is important. But, you know, let's 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 be clear with your listeners. Many of them heard three months ago we got designated number one in the country uh, by CNBC for business outlook and business activity. So, you know, part of that is built on the fact that this General Assembly 
especially for the last 12 years, has balanced its budget, built surpluses, established rainy day funds. And the importance of that is that that's what resulted in us being number one in the country. And uh, and part of that is based on the fact that we have a triple, triple, triple A bond rating. And of course, all of that plays into the fact that uh, so many people now are selecting to move to North Carolina with high paying jobs. And uh, uh, this is, uh, uh, of course, uh, very good for the citizens as a whole because that raises the tax basis when you have uh, more people working and being paid more money. And you may not think about this as a little bit leap in logic. It's also great for law enforcement. You know, when people are gainfully employed, they typically get in less trouble. When they're gainfully employed, they have health insurance. So when they need health uh, services, they're able to afford them. So it's not just about the tax revenue, it's about the fact that uh, I think the demands on law enforcement are lower as a result of this. Well, it's something we've been proud of for years. That state bond rating has always been good. And it probably goes back, as you said, to Harlan Boyles and, and people, your predecessors, who have always treasured that bond rating and have, have done whatever is necessary to keep that in fact. And right. uh, we are certainly what you do in that regard as well. Um, we're going to take a break here in just a moment. When we come back, we want to talk about uh, uh, fighting fraud, because anytime there's fraud, it's uh, robbing the citizens who are paying in, both in the pension plan and also in disability overpayments. And we're going to talk about the unclaimed cash account that uh, I understand is now going to set a record this year of returning some $120 million to people who uh, have funds that, uh, for some reason or other, have ended up in the hands of the state because uh, whoever had the funds uh, knew it didn't belong to them, but belonged to someone but couldn't find them. We'll talk about that and other things when we return with our final segment of, of uh Carolina Newsmakers, with our very special guest, Treasurer Dale Falwell. You stay tuned. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. 
We're back on Carolina Newsmakers, our final segment this week. Our guest is the 28th treasurer of the state of North Carolina, Dale Falwell. We've talked about inflation in the first segment and recession. We've talked about the state health plan. We've talked about the highway trust fund. We've talked about the North Carolina pension and management fees. And so we've talked about quite a number of things. If you have missed those segments and would like to hear a repeat of that, you can go online to Carolina Newsmakers. In this segment, we wanted to talk about uh, your continued interest in fighting fraud because that's actually robbing the good, hard-paying citizens of North Carolina who are uh, running our government with their taxes and such. Uh, so bring us up to date on uh, your latest efforts in fighting fraud in the pension system and the disability overpayments. Well, thank you. You know, fighting fraud in the pension system is uh, is never going to go away. Uh, when you manage one of the largest pools of public money in the world, there's always going to be the potential of fraud. Uh, I want to mention to your uh, listeners, I did this in the earlier segment, that even though we managed $248 billion, uh, with nearly a million people on this pension plan, uh, we always focus on the number one. If one person is getting a pension check that doesn't deserve it, that's one too many. And if one person who's deserves a pension check is not getting it properly. That's also one too many. Uh, we're spending, including the healthcare and pharmaceutical spend, Don, we're spending nearly $800 million every 30 days. That didn't go for school buses or tires or fuel. That's just for pension, healthcare, and pharmaceutical benefits uh, on behalf of those that teach, protect, and otherwise serve. So it's uh, it's very important what we, what we do here. Uh, the Fraud comes to us in all different ways. Uh, you may have read recently the, some of the situations that we're facing in a little community called Spring Lake. Uh, for your listeners, that is literally between Fayetteville, Fort Bragg, and Pinehurst. There's no reason for a community between Fayetteville, Fort Bragg, and Pinehurst not to be economically viable. And uh, the reason that's important is that uh, uh, I, the state altar went into Spring Lake a year or so ago and found nearly $500 million had money been embezzled from that little town of Spring Lake. And so uh, here we have a state treasurer who's a Republican, state auditor who's a Democrat, a U.S. attorney, uh, Easley Jr., uh, who came together three weeks ago and got an arraignment and a guilty plea of this person who embezzled this money. So my point of saying that to you is that with all the discourse that's going on in our society right now, where people are being split by political party and gender and race, uh, this is a, a little sign of sunshine of uh, how people from different political parties, different state agencies working together with somebody at the federal uh, level uh, to get to the right outcome on behalf of, of Spring Lake. You know, most of that money will never be recovered. You know, 150000 of that Money went to the forger's, uh, the finance person's uh, mother's nursing home bill and even put her name on the memo line. So uh, we're always constantly fighting fraud on prescription drugs, health care, the pension system. And I sort of rambled there a little bit and I apologize. But why is that important to your listeners? And the reason it's important is that until somebody is convicted of a fraud in their public service duties, we cannot go in and do the felony forfeiture on their pension. There's nothing that ticks your listeners off more, Don, than to have somebody who's 
embezzling money from them and earning a pension credit every day that they do that. So uh, that's why we're so uh, evangelical about uh, chasing fraud. And I'm so fortunate to have a partner like uh, State Auditor Beth Wood, who sees eye to eye on these types of issues. Well, you also have the case of disability overpayments, which is the same thing as fraud. It is fraud. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, all those cases of disability are are uh, are ticklish. And uh, but, you know, the point is, is that uh, we would rather people not be disabled. That's what we'd rather not. And uh, but fortunately, we do have a disability plan when that happens. You know, we talked about the pension and disability, and it gives me an opportunity in this last segment uh, to tell your listeners, and I, I, I say this as elegantly as I can, people don't call the treasurer's office to book a cruise. They call the treasurer's office because they've had a life-changing event. And most of those life-changing events are blessings. You get a job with the state, you retire from a job from the state. You get a job with the state, you get married, and you change your beneficiary. Uh, you get married, sometimes you get divorced and you change your beneficiary again. Uh, you lose a spouse. Uh, you have children, a blessing. Uh, the children, uh, most of the time, grow to be 26 and you have to take them off the state health plan because they've aged out. You see my reasoning for saying that, uh, Don, that people don't call us to book a cruise. They call us because they've had a life-changing event. And most of these life-changing events are blessings. Uh, but we also have, in being the check delivery business, we have to deliver checks like uh, Deputy Bird and Fishman and others most recently uh, that are uh, that are not blessings at all. So our job here as keepers of the public purse is to preserve, strengthen, and sustain not only this pension plan and this health plan for the next generation of public service workers, but also turn down the temperature from a customer service standpoint when people uh, do have these life-changing events. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, all people want is for somebody to talk to them like adults and what they hear that makes common sense. Uh, the unclaimed cash is on track to uh, set a record this year. Uh, uh, this is something you've been pushing for a long time because this money doesn't belong to the state. It belongs to the people whose names are on it. And, uh, you still have quite a lot of money in that fund that has not found its rightful owner. Let's talk a little bit about that and how people can check to be sure, because every time I check, either me or one of my companies always has some amount of money there. And it's interesting because we think we keep up with it. Well, but to, to give you a little confidence today that you're not losing it, uh, since we, for the last two years, we've taken another $400 million. So when people say, I checked it and I, I got what was owed me, they need to go check it again. We've taken in over the $400 million in the last two years. So just because you checked it once upon a time doesn't mean you don't, shouldn't check it again. And as you correctly point out, whether it's you or Curtis Media or your employees, it's just shocking what people find out. I think there's a whole group of people in North Carolina that get up at three o'clock in the morning just because it's a kind of an addictive thing. So uh, all your listeners, as another valuable reason to uh, tune into newsmakers on Curtis Media, all your listeners should go there and check their name, their maiden name, kids, parents, grandparents, church, 
There's nearly a million dollars that belongs to churches. There's 64 Rotary Clubs that have money in NC Cash. There's over 50 school systems that have money in NC Cash. Uh, it's check all those names. Your Little League baseball team, the High Times baseball team, High Point Thomasville, had $10,000 in NC Cash. We just gave tens of thousands of dollars to a Humane Society, uh, $12,000 to Marsha Dimes. So you should check your name, maiden, kids, parents, church, nonprofit, as well as your business name. And uh, the four things that your listeners need to remember, number one is it's public record and it stays there forever. When you go to nccash.com, if you don't see my face and you'll know my face because uh, Don Curtis says I have a face for radio. So if you go to nccash.com and you don't see a face for radio, uh, you're probably at the wrong uh, website. Uh, so nccash.com, and there'll be a great big old search button. You just hit search on the search button and push in. If you put in Curtis, you're going to get a lot of Curtises. If you push in Fallwell, you're not going to get too many Fallwells, and uh, you'll be shocked. Second thing to remember is it stays there forever. The third thing is that there's no charge to look up your name and no charge to make a claim. And the lastly, there's probably a chance that somebody listening to your newscast is from another state. Every state has the equivalent of nccash.com. And I think you should go to some of the other states you may do business with in Don and check your name, Curtis Media. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. And of course, you know, a lot of these things are situations like, uh, let's say when you were born, your dad bought a thousand dollar life insurance policy, but uh, through the years, uh, it was lost and people forgot it. And, uh, of course, the insurance company didn't have a current address and so forth. I mean, a lot of this is where people are trying to get the money to the right people, but don't have the right address and can't return it. So they return it to the state of North Carolina, who, as you've said, has his responsibility to hold the money until the proper person claims it. But it can happen, and it can happen right under your nose. And uh, you paid out, what, $120 million this year alone? Uh, that's right. And, you know, there's an official word for this. And you you advised me as a stutterer not to say this word on the air because I may get in, not get invited back. So you tell them what the official word is of this fund. I'm going to let that one go, too, because I have trouble with it also. Okay. <laughs> but it, right. uh, Jason, it starts with an E, but it sounds like it starts with an S. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. E S C H E A T S. Yes. Yes. That's, that's how you spell it. Easily misunderstood. Uh, right. Now, what should we be watching for in the next? Uh, we've got about a minute and a half here. What should we be watching for as far as things that could change things? Uh, things that uh, legislation that may be on the docket right now, either on the federal level, or the state level. Uh, what are the things we should be watching for? Uh, what you should be watching for, especially over the next few weeks in this political season, is people who speak to you like adults and, and what you hear makes common sense. Uh, you know, you're not going to agree with everybody on every subject, uh, but, you know, try to find somebody to vote for, uh, not somebody to vote against. Uh, on the economic side, uh, you need to figure out how do you conserve in your life. But as I said earlier, the water heater or the turning off the water when you're taking a uh, brushing your teeth, uh, planning your trips, those are all things that people can individually do. 
obviously take advantage of your buy one get one free coupons and if you're as old as don and i are uh, you can go to food line on wednesdays or harris tier on thursdays and get your senior citizen discount uh and just have be grateful with all the anxiety in our world there's still a lot to be grateful for that's good advice from Dale Falwell, the state treasurer and a frequent guest on our program. I'd like to remind you that if you uh, uh, are just joining us late in the program and would like to hear the entire broadcast again, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear the entire broadcast. Uh, there are four segments, and a lot of the stations only carry a half-hour version, so there are two segments that you folks did not hear, and those segments are segmented also, and you can hear just those. Our program has been produced each week as it is by Jason Cog, and he has promised us a guest of interest again next week. So until next week, on the same group of stations all across North Carolina, we wish for you and yours to have a great week. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.